Welcome to the Fat Guys with Smokers podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm John. We're a couple of overweight barbecue enthusiasts trying to share our love for sweet and smoky food with the world. Thanks for hanging out with us as we talk about life, share recipes, successes, and failures that have all led to our love of cooking outdoors. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fat Guys with Smokers. I'm Mike, here with John, and a very special guest. Yeah. John, you set this up. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, we've got Adam McKenzie with us. Adam and I, I don't know, we've talked on and off at least a couple of times for last couple of years on different posts and barbecue and stuff, and reached out to Adam to be on the podcast, and he was he was willing to be accommodating, put up with a, a couple of yahoos like us. So welcome, Adam. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's going to be a be a ton of fun. Yeah, definitely always enjoy chatting with you and seeing your posts and stuff and love the podcast. Yeah. I mean, Adam, take, maybe just take a minute and introduce yourself. Tell us uh, where people can find you on social media and maybe a little bit about how, how you got into barbecue and social media. Sounds good. Yeah. So um, I run This You Can Kill. Um, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, um, YouTube, all those different channels have a website, um, jukinq.com. Um, yeah, so just really trying to post a, a love for food and get people excited to go outside and cook and fire up their smoker and just, um, you know, have good times with family and friends. And, um, started out as kind of a joke a few years ago. My wife wanted me to, um, stop harassing her basically with a bunch of pictures of food and stuff. And she's like, why, do, why don't you start an Instagram and started an Instagram and then it kind of gained some popularity and then kind of gone, not downhill in a bad way, but it's definitely gotten really crazy since then, you know, running a lot of different platforms and doing a lot of different stuff, but it's been a ton of fun. Yeah. You've got, I mean, you've got a healthy following on Instagram and your, and your social platforms and I mean, you've got rubs with Spiceology, you've got a cookbook you just put out, um, and a couple of sponsorships that with other groups as well. I mean, how was it just like one day you like looked back and you're like, holy cow, how did this, how did this all happen? Or was it intentional and you had a plan to, to grow it this way? Um, I mean, part of it was intentional and part of it, you know, was kind of, um, you know, I would always dreamed that it would happen, you know, definitely very grateful for what has happened. It's really wild and crazy to see how big and how um, everything has transpired over the last few years. Um, you know, when I started, I definitely was like, oh, it'd be cool, you know, to get attention to some of these companies and it'd be cool to, you know, get, um, be able to do work with some of these people and get the attention here and there, but never thought it would get to the point it has gotten to, you know, definitely every day really just blown away by the support and just how people respond to my posts. And just, it's really crazy. And just, you know, I definitely don't take it for granted. And I definitely feel, you know, um, I'm kind of, you know, a leader in the community. So definitely try and take that serious and try and really help others and really just kind of push things further. Yeah. No, one of the things Mike and I often talk about is just like how warm and welcoming the bar- barbecue community is compared to some of the other ones out there. Um, and yeah, I, I don't remember what the first thing you and I ended up talking about, um, but I think it was a question like that. That was like, like, how are you doing this? Like what? I don't understand this part of barbecue. And you were great to do just that to like explain it to me as a newbie. And, um, and yeah, it's just kind of. It's been fun to watch you have success and and all the things that have happened to you over the years. Thanks. Yeah, I think that's what's great about the barbecue community. It's just everyone's so welcoming, you know. I mean, especially you see on like um social media, there's just so much hate and just so much mm-hmm. negativity in a lot of places and just just a lot of garbage and stuff. And I mean, I think what's great is, you know, with the barbecue community of people from all walks of life, you know, coming together and able to come around with um, you know, around the idea of food and stuff. And it doesn't matter, you know, what you look like, what your job is, you know, what your beliefs are, 
you know, everyone's just happy to be cooking and just happy to talk about it. It's just really cool to see that. It's just kind of a really nice light, you know, with everything going on in the world. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Adam, how do you keep up with everything? Like we have posted a few reels, but I can't believe how much work it takes to try to post things on social media and you're doing all these other things. Like how do you find time in your day to take care of all that stuff? Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, a whirlwind. It's definitely a juggling act. Um, you know, especially since, um, the twins came into everything, you know, definitely has added a whole new dimension of kind of craziness and, um, like time management into and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a full-time job for sure. I mean, people really see it as, oh, you know, I just post a picture of brisket and I get a million views and, um, you know, everything is good and I can just do that, but there's a lot more behind it. There's definitely a lot behind the scenes that I think people, um, don't sometimes think about or don't see, you know, it's finding that time to comment. It's finding time to respond to messages. It's finding time to create new content. Um, so definitely, you know, sometimes it's getting creative, you know, sometimes it's, you know, when I get home from work, you know, it's cooking three or four different things. So I have content for the next few days because I know the next few days are going to be crazy. Uh, it might be, you know, making sure before I get my day started, you know, spending 20, 30 minutes on getting caught up with something or getting that um, pictures for a blog post done. So it's definitely um, a full-time job, but, you know, it's something I love and I don't really see it as a job. So I definitely don't mind spending the time to do it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, in your your day job, you're your school teacher, right? High school? Is yeah. That right? Um, elementary elementary school. So I actually know oh, middle okay. school as well. So I teach next year we'll teach kindergarten through eighth grade STEM technology. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah. So it's fun. Yeah, that's super cool to STEM technology all the way down to kinder, kindergarten. Yeah. I wish we did more of that around here. That's crazy. I'm getting a computer science endorsement and some of the stuff that I bring home for homework, my elementary kids are like, oh, are you just coding using some some block coding? I was like, what are you even talking about? How do you know this? <laughs> yeah, kids it's, are it's wild. It's crazy. And that's the world they're growing up in. So it's cool that that they're getting it that early. Yeah, it's definitely it's a cool way to you know, put the whole process behind it and just how you think through things. I definitely think it's an important skill for kids to look at and recognize, you know, I mean, there's not going to be any job out there in the future that doesn't have coding or some type of that thinking involved in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just that thought process is. I mean, I, I've got a great team that I manage at work, but sometimes there are times where I just look at, especially some of the people that are just coming into the the workforce and like they've got no ability to like think through things logically or cause and effect and just like some of that basic like thought process that you acquire when you start thinking about things like coding um yeah it'll be a great skill set for people to have so that's awesome yeah yeah thanks yeah it's definitely it's going to be interesting especially with like ai coming into the picture and stuff you know it's going to add a whole other dimension you know people are really going to have to you know, not only think through things, but understand, you know, how to take that information and really apply it and use it. Yeah. 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 Use it for good and not evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, Adam, what's your, uh, I mean, what's your origin story in, in cooking and smoking? I mean, we hear from people all the time, like, oh, I, like someone gave me a smoker as a gift or I was always like really interested in it. Like how, what was your starting point? Like, um, well, I mean, I remember growing up, you know, my dad cooking, um, you know, some barbecue and stuff on an old Brinkman and, you know, definitely just kind of remember those like family picnics and stuff. And I remember like the taste of like hot links and smoked chicken and just, you know, just like really fond memories, you know, I can still really like smell it and really like taste that food and stuff. And it was just always, um, you know, like, how can I do that and stuff? And, you know, definitely growing up, you know, I didn't cook a lot, you know, I definitely wasn't, um, you know, um, in the kitchen every day and stuff, you know, definitely ate out a lot and stuff. And, um, you know, would cook at home occasionally. And then 
in um, 2013, as a wedding present, my uh, school bought me a smoker. And then it kind of went downhill from there. It was just kind of experimenting with stuff and just like, you know, oh, I want to try and cook ribs. Okay, these are absolutely horrible. What do I need to fix? Ooh, you know, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cook a, I'm gonna cook a chicken. Oh, wait, I burned it. You know, I so definitely kind of going through the process and just kind of getting hooked on it. You know, when getting that first Traeger, um, you know, and starting to see some results and be like, oh, these ribs are pretty good. You know, I, ooh, maybe I can make them better next time. You know, what else can I cook? And just really opening up Pandora's box and just kind of jumping in and seeing what the possibilities were. Yeah. Yeah. I love to hear everyone, everyone I talk to, they're like, yeah, the first thing I made, it was, it was kind of terrible. Yeah. Like it, it did not go the way <laughs> that I wanted it to. And it's uh, anybody that doesn't say that, I feel like you can't trust them because it, yeah, it's, it's like, horrible for all of us. The first time we try something, it's like you had somebody to shepherd you through this process and it's not fair. <laughs> um, what a, I mean, I know you're a big Traeger guy. It, do you do you cook exclusively on Traegers, or do you have a a range of cookers that you like to play with? Um, I right now I cook exclusively on Traegers. You know, just love the Traegers just for the ease and just fits into my lifestyle really well, especially with the twins and stuff. You know, I don't have to worry about fire management. You know, I don't have to worry about some of those other issues. I know I can um, come home, fire up the smoker, hang out with the kids get something on there, you know, I just know it's going to work. I know the results really well yeah. and just um, have a lot of fun with it, you know, so definitely would love everyone to be cooking on a Traeger, but you know, I know that's not going to necessarily happen. You know, my main thing is I just want people cooking for family and friends. That's kind of my big push, you know, getting people, you know, instead of going out to a steakhouse, you know, why not cook a steak at home that tastes better, you know, going out for barbecue, why not just make barbecue at home when you can, do just as good of a job, if not better. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's funny how, how after you've cooked on whatever it is you're using, I'm a big Traeger guy, so that's what I've got, but you know, I, I go to the restaurants in town and order a steak and like, I'm a little disappointed. It's like, yeah, I can do better at home guys. Let's, <laughs> uh, let's step up the game out, out in the food service world. Yeah, there's very, very, there's very, very few restaurants where I'll go out and order a steak, you know, and, and be like happy with it, you know. And so it's it's rare that I find a steak in a place that I'll order consistently. Yeah, <laughs> most of the places that I go that I I really love ordering a steak from, I don't go to very often because I can't afford it. <laughs> um, what's uh, What's your favorite thing to cook? Um, I would say steak. I think I just really like cooking steak, you know, definitely it's gotten harder with food prices, you know, definitely yeah. Yeah. and stuff, but I, I think steak is just really fun just because it's so versatile. There's so many different cuts, so many different ways you can serve it. You know, you want to do a rice bowl, you want to do fajitas, you want to do tacos, you want to do sandwiches. I just think there's so many options and um, that's, what's really great about it. So walk us through like a typical steak cook on a, on a Traeger. How do you do it? Um, so I'm a big fan of the reverse sear. Um, I just think, you know, the results you get from spending a little bit of extra time just really speak for themselves. So, um, you know, I try and thaw out the steak as much as possible. I usually, when I put a steak on, it's right around, um, you know, 40 to 50 degrees. So it's still pretty cold inside. Um, I usually use some olive oil or a hot sauce binder. Um, season it with either my garlic junkie rub or, um, you know, I've used meat church, a lot of Traeger rubs. Um, and then I put it on the grill at 225 super smoke. Um, I cook that to about 115, 120 internal. And then I will go and ahead and sear it. Uh, lately I've been using the griddle to kind of finish it off and having fun on the griddle. So crank that up to high, um, cook that, you know, if it's a thicker steak, a couple minutes aside. Usually it's right around that 125 to 130 when I pull it and then let it rest and then slice in and, um, you know, document it. And then, you know, if it's Facebook, I hear it's raw comments, you know, cause no one likes <laughs> medium hair on Facebook and then Instagram it's perfect because people know what's up and you don't want to butcher a steak and cook it to <laughs> 190 degrees. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I, yeah. 
You said it perfect. I'll <laughs> ju- I'll just leave it alone. I won't <laughs> I won't go after Facebook users. <laughs> but yeah, well, and garlic junkie, man, that is a great rub. Like you nailed it on that one. Um, Thanks. Yeah, I got got really lucky and hit it right on with that one. And um, yeah, certainly really proud that that has my name on it. That's one of my favorite rubs. I know it's definitely used a lot. You know, it's always crazy when I hear how much it's used and how much people love it. No, definitely. It's really, really cool to see. Yeah. Maybe tell us a little bit about that process too. I mean, I definitely want to hear about the cookbook in a minute, but um, I mean, you started with the rubs. uh, Was that a, had you been doing rubs at your own rubs at home and wanted to, wanted to try and take them commercial? Did Spiceology come to you? Did like how? How'd that whole process happen? Yeah, so, you know, definitely been playing around with flavors at home and stuff and, you know, been looking at ideas, um, you know, on how I could bring something to the market. Um, Definitely, I don't have the time, you know, to fill up my basement with spices and (laughs) spend nights shipping and stuff. I know some people do. Um, I know Machik Grilling with Dad does, and I don't know how he keeps up with that shipping and stuff, and it's crazy. I know that's how basically Matt Pittman got started with me church, you know, shipping and going to the post office and stuff. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. I knew that wasn't, I knew that route wasn't really going to be for me right now. So I, um, you know, got approached by Spiceology and definitely was a really cool opportunity and really grateful that, you know, they're willing to kind of take on the brunt of the work and that shipping and kind of some of that heavy lifting and stuff and takes off a lot of work on my plate. You know, I definitely have to do the promotion and stuff and make sure the quality is there, you know, cause my name is on the product and I definitely want to make sure that, you know, something with my name on it is a high standard and a high quality product. Um, but yeah, it was a really kind of a interesting and humbling experience, you know, to really be approached by a company as big as that and to have an opportunity to put something out there on the market because there's so many rubs out there and just so many flavors of opportunities and stuff. And I think, with garlic junkie, I wanted something kind of unique and a little different. Um, you know, I don't, I still feel that it's, there's not really a rub like it on the market. There's rubs that are kind of close, but I really feel that that flavor is still pretty unique and it's not something that's replicated a lot. So that's kind of what my goal was. I didn't just want another steak rub, you know, that just was going to kind of get lost in the shuffle. Um, because you know, there's, you know, so many rubs out there. I mean, as you know, it's like, which rub do you go? You know, you look at your spice cabinet or spice cabinets and it's like, what am I going to use today? I, you know, I mean, I have so many rubs. I could probably use a different rub for three months and, you know, never, never use the same one. So it's, it's crazy. And it's a, it's a cool opportunity to be able to have something out there on the market that people are using. That's awesome. I mean, I mean, take a minute, like, free promo here like what uh you, I, I, garlic junkie is probably your best-selling rub tell which other rubs do you have um so smoke junkie which is kind of your pork chicken rub um you know i really like that one that one i kind of wanted again something kind of different a little unique i do, i best describe it as like a barbecue potato chip flavor but in seasoning form um, you know, I wanted something that produces a nice color. So something that really stands out when you let mm-hmm. that meat sweat, um, and when it's finished. So that's uh, smoke junkie and then brunch junkie is kind of a little bit different. It's basically a spicy bloody Mary in, um, seasoning form. So kind of just fun to play around with on fish. I've seen people use it on steak though, and chicken, just kind of just a fun, different flavor. And then coffee junkie is kind of, uh, garlic junkie, but more coffee for flavor in there. So you do get a little bit of more sweetness in the coffee junkie and, you know, you get a little bit more of that darker, um, color because of the coffee, which I like. So, you know, if you're looking to get a really nice dark looking bark, you know, for brisket, it's really good beef ribs. It's really good. You know, steak, it's kind of, it's fun just cause it looks, looks different just stands out and just kind of has that pop of flavor that, you know, a lot of people really like. That's awesome. Mm. That's so cool. Yeah. I haven't, uh, I mean, I've gone through a couple of the big bottles of, of garlic junkie at this point. I haven't tried many of the other ones, but that, uh, that smoke junkie, you had me a barbecue chips. Yeah. As soon as you said that <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we'll have to try that out. I guess if if you're not using one of your rubs, who do you have a favorite favorite rub? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, again, there's so many. I mean, I use Meat yeah. Church, I use yeah. um, Hardcore Carnivore, the Trigger rubs. Um, Snake River Farms has a few little rubs that are good. Uh, Revolution Barbecue. Again, it's just it's one of those ones. There's so many rubs out there. It's just it's as you know, it's just so hard to keep up with yeah, what they are. I I was at the store the other day and walked past the Traeger display and there were like six new rubs that I didn't even know they had put out yet that some of them look pretty good. Yeah. That burger, the burger rub is really good. Is it? Yeah. I was yeah, looking at the bur- the burger and then the, it's their like everything bagel type uh, rub that just looks, looks like it could be game changing on breakfast. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just tough, you know. It's just there's so many so many flavors to try, and there's just not enough hours in the day, and not enough food to cook to to try it all. But yeah, again, it's just it's it's cool because I think there's something out there for everyone, and I think there's so many great flavors. You know, if something's a little too sweet, then there's another rub, you know, that might not be mm-hmm. as sweet. Um, you know, for me personally, a lot of the Traeger rubs are a little too sweet. Someone once mentioned I used to love prime rib rub, and someone's like, oh, it's, it has too much sugar in it. And now I can't get that taste of sugar out of my head whenever I have it. So now I like I can't use it as much as I used to because I all I taste is the sugar. <laughs> um what's your favorite thing to eat? Favorite thing to eat. Um yeah. I like, talked about favorite things to cook, but what do you like to eat the best? I just love food. I just love everything, you know, I mean, like, I'm not a food snob, you know, like I will, you know, eat Taco Bell, I will eat, you know, the newest junk food that comes out, you know, like, or I can eat really fancy food, you know, it's, it's, I just enjoy all types of food and know there's a place for it. And there's just, you know, there's that situation and time for all of it. So I just really enjoy everything and just kind of experiencing new foods, whether it's that, you know, cheap new creation of Taco Bell or whether it's, you know, some new sushi roll at the sushi restaurant or, you know, a hamburger or whether it's tacos. I just, I just want to eat. Man, you fit right in. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Spoken like a true hero. I just (laughs) like to eat. That should be, we need to get a, my kids are really big into superheroes whether it's Spider-Man or the Marvel or like, we need to get like a superhero who just can eat and eat and eat. <laughs> and that'll be his tagline. Yeah. Um, who, you know, is, as you got started in cooking, uh, did you have any mentors or, you know, who were, who are your inspirations? I mean, there's so many great people out there in the community. I think, you know, Benny Kendrick barbecue, you know, was really supportive, you know, taking time to answer questions. Um, you know, a lot of those Traeger people, you know, Matt Pittman, um, Chad, you know, just a lot of people really just kind of, you know, opening up and just being really helpful, you know, and taking some time out of their crazy schedules, you know, after meeting them and knowing how much they do, you know, and just, it's really cool to see people really like taking the time and being helpful to people out there in the community. So I think, you know, that's kind of why I try and take the time and just try and live up to that. And then I think, you know, also when I started, you know, that's kind of when uh, Sasquatch and uh, Grilling with Dad, you know, like we all Mm -hmm. kind of started around the same time. So, you know, we definitely have a bond, you know, I think from kind of jumping in it around the same time. And, you know, we've all taken kind of different paths and stuff. So I think, you know, that's been a really nice community of people to look at and kind of see what um, has happened and what to kind of do out there. Yeah. It's funny you bring Sasquatch up. I was, I don't know if it's the algorithms or what, but I, I don't feel like I've seen a ton from him. How's he doing? Um, he's doing good. He hasn't posted in um, a few months. I know he's had some, yeah, some life had- stuff pop up, but he's, he's doing well. I hear from him occasionally. What's funny is whenever I think about him, I get a random text from him. So uh, <laughs> it was, it was really funny. My like wife and I, it was uh, more than a few weeks ago, but we were like, where's Sasquatch? We haven't heard from him in a while. And, you know, five minutes later, no joke, he literally texted and was like, Hey, everything's okay. You know, I'm going to make a reappearance soon. So, you know, I know he'll, 
he'll come back on the scene. I know people miss him. You know, he's definitely a yeah. uh, 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 bigger than life force out there. So, um, you know, so he's, he's doing well and hopefully we see some of his food posts again and, um, you know, we'll hear from him. Yeah, no, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. I knew he had some life stuff happen there and it's hard when that stuff comes up, but glad to hear he's doing well. So when, uh, yeah, when you get a when you get a text later today, tell him, tell him people are thinking about him. Yeah. We're talking yeah. about him now. So he'll probably, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, well, I, tell us about a cook, your cookbook. I mean, I, I was super excited to get it and had it on pre-order when it finally showed up. I, I was psyched and <clears throat> your love of all types of food, like clearly comes across in this cookbook, but, uh, I've heard stories about writing cookbooks and all of the work that goes into it. And I mean, just getting all of the food ready for photography in and of itself, let alone writing the recipes and it, just take a couple of minutes to walk us through that. I, was it a good experience? Did you want to give up at some point through the process? Um, how did it go? Yeah. I mean, uh, overall it was definitely a, a really great experience, you know, definitely a lot of work. You know, I think, um, didn't realize how much, you know, it was, it was really interesting to get the opportunity because, you know, I mean, I'm not a trained chef in any way, you know, I don't have any formal education in culinary. Um, so it was really kind of interesting, you know, during, it was right when COVID started, you know, page street reached out to me and was like, Hey, do you want to write a cookbook? Um, do you want to, you know, do something on the Traeger? Um, you know, we went through a few different ideas of, um, things to cook. Um, you know, what the concept could be at first, it was going to kind of be hot and fast cooking. Um, but a lot of recipes didn't really fit into the hot mm -hmm. and fast. And then, um, you know, just kind of a disagreement, you know, on like how fast things were, you know, it's like, well, this takes three hours, but we can cook that faster. And it's like, well, I don't know if we can really cook that faster and stuff. Yeah. So kind of the uh, weeknight cooking, you know, kind of, you know, so like when I think about it, you know, a lot of people get a trigger, you know, to cook those ribs, cook a brisket, you know, it's kind of that you know, once or twice a week, you know, pulling it out, but really wanted people to see that you can use your smoker, you can use it for every meal, um, you can do, you know, different things on it, you can bake on it, you can do a quick weeknight meal, it doesn't have to be that long, extensive eight hour cook, you know, it can be a quick 15 minute cook. So um, the timing was right, because it was right during COVID. So definitely had a little bit more more time with stuff, you know, school was still crazy, but definitely, you know, teaching online, you know, allowed a little bit more freedom, you know, with um, being able to kind of play around with some recipes and um, get started with the process. So uh, my wife helped a ton in the cookbook, you know, we wrote uh, about 75 recipes. Um, so, you know, we go through the whole process of writing it, you know, and of course, um, America has to be difficult and not use the metric system. So you have to convert <laughs> every, everything into the metric system, which it takes time and none of the weights match up and it always seems weird. And then you're second guessing everything. Yeah. Um, so we got the, we got the, all the recipes written up in about three months or so. I think we started the process. I want to say in May, June, and by, um, October, early, no, late September, we had the kind of the rough draft of that done. And then in October, it was nice. They sent out, I wanted the picture. I didn't want to take the pictures because I kind of wanted a different look. Um, I wanted to see what other people kind of, how they would see my food and take pictures of it. So they sent out a photographer. So he came out on a Monday. And Monday through that Saturday, we cooked 60 recipes. Oh man. Holy cow. <laughs> so we were, so we were cooking from about eight in the morning to about six at night. Um, definitely got really tired of cooking. You know, we invited family and friends over. We were like, come take this food. I don't want to see it. I don't want to <laughs> eat it. So it was like, people are like, I, people are like, I can't take this much food. It's like, nope, you're taking this much food and more. <laughs> you um, can and you will. <laughs> but so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was really crazy. You know, I think the first day, you know, we cooked, you know, like brisket, beef ribs, I think a turkey, um, a couple steak dishes. I mean, it was insane, you know, cooking like eight or nine things a day, you know, we had every Traeger fired up, you know, we had, you know, six smokers going at a time, 
with something on it. I think <laughs> one of the craziest experiences was the um, cover, shooting the cover for the cookbook, which ended up not being the cover. Um, so we had like the whole grill loaded up. We had a pork roast on it. We had a leg of lamb. We had uh, a Hasselback potatoes. We had vegetables. And, you know, the photographer would take a picture of me holding the grill open and then he would run upstairs, edit it, send it off to Page Street and they would come back and they'd be like, um, the potatoes are about 15 degrees off center. So can you reshoot it? So we oh my would, gosh. <laughs> you know, like go back down and take a picture and like, I, I'll send you some pictures later, but there's some like behind the scenes of me where like, you know, 40 minutes into it, I'm like, just please, let's just end this process. Let's, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's just, just be done. <laughs> let's just be done. There's, you know, a hundred pounds of food on the smoker, you know, it's, we need to get this done. And then we ended up even not even using that cover um, that we took all the time for, for the uh, cookbook. I don't even think that picture, that final picture even made the cookbook. That we spent oh all those gosh. hours. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was it was a crazy and it was a fun experience, but it was it was cool. It was really cool to see because um, the photographer Ken Goodman he has a lot of training and food and and being in barbecue and stuff and just have to see him kind of put his spin on it and just listen to his advice and just see some of the things he can do is just really cool and inspiring to see. Oh, that's. That's awesome. Like I, I mean, Mike and I have talked a couple of times about like big cooks that we've done and yeah. How you get to that point where like, by the time it's over, like you don't want to eat, you don't want anything to do with it. You don't want to smell it. I can't imagine doing that. Like a whole week that intense that with so many different things too. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a crazy experience. You know, I definitely, um, you know, it's one of those things, you know, it's, do I write another cookbook? Cause I know that that part will come up and it's like, can I do that again? Knowing what that was like. <laughs> yeah, Now that you know what it's like. <laughs> well, I think that's a great, I mean, the whole weeknight smoking thing is a genius idea because I feel like you're right. Like people get a smoker and they're thinking ribs and, and stuff, but I mean, most of us don't have that much time or we don't plan ahead it's good to have a bunch of these weeknight recipes that it's like, oh, we can just do this right now. And we don't have to, you know, be brining a turkey for 24 hours or whatever, um, just to have all those ideas that you can just quickly do on a weeknight when when you're just trying to get dinner on for your kid. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes you just have 15 minutes if you have 15 minutes. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, the uh, the baking piece. And I mean, obviously you're not doing this like on a stick burner and, you know, in a, in an ugly drum or something, but the, these pellet smokers, like they re like, they will act as your oven. I mean, we're, we have had the weirdest winter on the side of the mountains, um, ton of snow. Our spring was wetter than it ever has been. So we're, we're just now kind of getting to the hot summer part of it i think it got to 80 yesterday um but like now once it gets hot man my oven does not get turned on in the house for the entire summer my wife figured that out real early on and everything she cooks just straight out into the trigger mm. yeah i think but, it's nice to just kind of push it out i mean we use our oven as basically storage for pots and pans and um, you know, I, I, I always joke, you know, can I get a, you know, industrial hood put in my kitchen and just bring the Traeger inside and <laughs> sweet. dreams, <laughs> dreams right there. Yeah. I, I was talking to somebody the other day. I think it was, a. Uh, oh, it was my, I had a, we had some family in town. My uncle who lives in Florida, you know, it's so humid there. He's like, I just don't ever, like, I don't want to be outside period. I was like, let me show you a couple of pictures of like industrial hoods and garages that are air conditioned. <laughs> <laughs> you can run a smoker, man. You can make this happen. But um, yeah, I think that's my that's my favorite trick or tip to tell guys when they're trying to convince their wives about how like why they need a pellet smoker is it will replace your oven. Your house will stay cool. Your house will stay clean. Like you can cook outside. <laughs> um, yeah. Pretty sure I had that conversation with Whitney at one point. Yes, you did. You sure did. So that's awesome. Um, 
you know, speaking of tips and, you know, tricks, Adam, if, as people are getting into this, you know, if you were to give someone advice as they were getting started, what would you tell them? I think the biggest thing is, you know, just really know not everything is going to be perfect, you know, really just take those chances, you know, um, you know, you'll always be chasing that brisket unicorn, you know, of trying to, <laughs> trying to capture the perfect brisket. You're always going to, you know, be the toughest critic on yourself. You know, I know what's funny is a lot of the food I cook, I don't eat a lot of it because I'm, it's not that I'm unhappy with it, but I just know that it could be better. And I just really, I cook a lot of stuff because I really just like people saying, oh, this is really good. But I like, like seeing my family and friends really happy with what I cook. But I think the biggest thing is just really take chances. You know, again, going back, it's, you know, you're going to mess up cooks, you know, it's not always going to go perfect and know that and know it can always be better and just be willing to learn and grow. You know, there's no such thing as, you know, the right way to cook a brisket. There's no such thing as the right way to cook a steak. Um, you kind of have to adapt that and for your family and your style and your needs. That's awesome. Yeah. Said. Yeah. Although we should add some controversy to this, because you said there's no right way to cook a brisket. Fat up or fat down, Adam? Um, I go fat side uh, down. Oh, interesting. I'm a fat up guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you I two the, fight to the death. That's the only way we can settle this. <laughs> I, I used to do a lot of briskets fat side up. Um, the reason I switched to fat side down was the direction of the heat. So the heat's coming from the bottom. So I, mm-hmm. the fat kind of protects. And then um, I had a conversation with Chad and basically what's happening. He was saying is when, one of the reasons why you he likes to do fat side down is because when you do fat side up, you're getting all the oil and stuff from the meat and that's not going to mix well with like the moisture and other parts of it. So fat side down, but again, no, no right or wrong way. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, no, but, it's... but, but fat side down, <laughs> fat side down. I've done it both ways. I've had good results both ways. Um, I don't know. I'll have to try another one down just for you. <laughs> Do you, yep. do you, do you, wrap, I can't remember. Do you wrap with foil or butcher paper? Uh, butcher paper. Okay. Yeah. So I, depending on, <clears throat> depending on how much time I have, um, I'll either go 180 or 225 up to the stall and then I'll wrap and finish it 225, 250. Um, okay. Till it's, yeah, you get around that 203 magic number probe tender and, and pull it and rest for a couple hours. Okay. And here's a, here's a random question. Cause I saw this comment on Facebook and it got me really thinking with a lot of stuff. How long do you wait before you put it in a cooler or wrap it up before you rest it? Um, I guess I go straight off the, off the smoker wrapped into a cooler. I don't wait. That's what I've done okay. too. Is there a better way to do it? I, that's where I, that's what I have always done. And I'm always pretty happy with the results, but someone was, and I don't know if there's truth in it or not. Cause I, you know, you never know with things and things vary from people to people, but someone was saying to wait, there was a comment on one of my brisket posts on Facebook and someone said to wait an hour after cooking to put it in a cooler. And, mm. the, and they were saying the reason is because it's so hot It'll you'll continue tra- to cook. You'll still trap a lot of that heat and you'll dry out the brisket more. Now, whether this is true or not, I don't know, but it definitely has not left my mind. And I've definitely, I'm like, all right, well, now I need to try this with one of the longer cooks, whether it's beef ribs or brisket. And I, next cook I do, I'm going to take it off. I, I wrap in butcher paper as well. I'm going to take it off and I'm going to leave it out for 30 minutes. And then I'm going to put it in a cooler. I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I buy the idea that you're going to trap heat and that you're going to keep that in the cooler. Part of that's the reason I want it in the cooler is to keep some of that heat because I'm normally going to try and, you know, I'm, I typically hold mine from anywhere from two to four, you know, I think the longest I've ever gone is, you know, six hours um, before I've served it. And yeah, because it'll get done early or whatever. 
you might have to hold it. And so I would think you would want to hop, but what were we watching? I think it was the beef ribs that Matt Pittman did that they rested it to a temperature. Yeah, that was remember that. Yeah, the in the series that he and Chad just did recently, he talked about resting down to a temperature, which I had never even thought of. Um, yeah, probably right around that. Like, I mean, well, I know like serving, you want to kind of around that 140. So yeah, it's, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's definitely one of those new dimensions and new things that adds to it. You know, I was trying to think, you know, just how what Franklin barbecue does, are they, you know, how long are those sitting out before they kind of put them away? You know, it's, mm-hmm. just, just another, another thing to think about with brisket cooks and another thing to, <laughs> you know overanalyze you know and how much of a difference is it going to make you know yeah that Hmm. yeah when when matt and chad were talking about that i was like holy cow i'd never even thought about like actually watching a temperature to decide when i was going to serve it it was always cook it so i had at least and you know at least a couple of hours for it to rest before i i cut into it but just making sure that it was warm enough people weren't like oh this is kind of cold right um yeah yeah so the idea of going to a temperature was was different but let me tell you i made those beef ribs the other day and i don't know i have eaten anything as rich and tender in my life as beef ribs they were fantastic yeah Yeah, brisket on a stick is fantastic i love that yeah (laughs) It's it's brisket, and look, I like the point. I'm all about the point on a brisket. Like, lot's great. You can do whatever you want with it. It's, but the point's where it's at, and that's like all beef ribs are. Like, it's it's mm. brisket yeah. point stuck on bone, and oh, oh man, melt in your mouth. That was that was phenomenal. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, it's good. I was. It's funny. I was. Um, Tano's barbecue, Nate. I was giving him a. I had lunch with him the other day. I was because he was in Colorado. I was giving him a hard time and joking about how Kansas City destroys the point. And, you know, <laughs> you know, burn ends are great and stuff. But it's like really, you just softened that all up and just cooked it more. It's like it's already delicious. What you do to my delicious? <laughs> I've uh, like, I've been known to take the flat and turn the flat into burnt ends and save my point. <laughs> I, I honestly d- I don't think I have made burn ends with a brisket in five years. Yeah, it, it's not one that I do often. I know people love it. I'll do pork belly burnt ends more than I'll do brisket burnt ends. Yeah, pork belly. I'll, I'll do chuck roast burn ends as well and stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just I, I love burn ends. It's just I don't know. And it's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just something I just I just love the point. The point's just so good and just so delicious. And yeah, um, bring it on. <laughs> yeah, man, that's awesome. <laughs> Um, I guess I've got one more question here on the sheet, but any questions you've got, Adam, or things you wanted to talk about that we haven't hit? Um, what's your favorite barbecue place? Where do you, what's your best bite of barbecue you've cooked or what's your best bite of, and what's your best bite of barbecue you've had at a restaurant? Ooh, um, I don't know if it's just because it like it was literally a couple of weeks ago that I did those beef ribs, but I think those beef ribs might be might be my best bite I've ever done. Like it was it was truly one of those things that you just put in your mouth and it melted. Nice. Now, where'd you get your where'd you get your beef ribs from? Uh, the very fine establishment of Sam Walton's Club. Okay. No. It's very exclusive. <laughs> you have to have a membership. Pretty yeah. hardcore. Yeah. Top, yeah. top quality. Yeah. No, I <laughs> look for availability and and price. I think Sam's Club and Costco are about as good as you can get, really. Yeah. Um you can you can get into butcher shops and you know we live in a very ag community. Um, so we we've got some great meat processors and and stuff around here so you can get it but it's it's spendy so most of yeah. my meat comes from one of the big big warehouses yeah nothing nothing wrong with that yeah. mike what about you um 
dude, those beef ribs were bomb. <laughs> those were those were probably some of the best thing. I did a brisket on my offset that I built uh, just a couple weeks ago. That's probably been my favorite cook that I've done personally. Um, the whole process was a lot of fun, but it turned out really good, and I was pretty happy with the results. So that's probably my favorite to this point. Hopefully, much more to come. Yeah, my uh, my best thing I've ever had at a restaurant um i'm gonna i'm gonna give you two i think like quintessential barbecue like everybody on social media is talking about canon events in your life um i had brisket at franklin's you know and that he is the father of brisket like yeah Aaron's will, got it figured out. Like that'll change your life. So good. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's change your life. It, it really is. Like you think you think you've had brisket, and then you have a bite of Aaron's brisket, and it's just like, oh my gosh, how like how? Um, yeah. So so that's fantastic. But the one that like wakes me up at night that I'm like, oh, I am craving this. I want it. Um, his name's Cam. Now I'm blanking on his last name. I was going to say Newton, but that's definitely, I don't think that's Cam a, Newton. Yeah. I don't think that's his last name <laughs> um, in Orem, Utah at Bam Bams. Okay. Um, yeah. I heard some stuff about that. Yeah. I've heard some stuff about that places. Yeah. He, uh, he's where I discovered swachos. So nachos with barbecue on it. Okay. And his, uh, yeah, the pulled pork swachos there. Like it's about a two hour drive from my house there that it's a regular thing that I'm like, mm, should we make the drive? Like, should let's just go, like, let's get in the car and go <laughs> because uh, they're that good. Nice. So mine's a little different take. I went to, and we've talked about this on here, but I went to one down in St. George called Pico Rica, just a new one. And the meat was great, but they had, some corn i think they called it elote uh-huh. i could be wrong oh yeah that was new to me and it it changed my life like i'm a new man having had that it was really good and i'm i would love to try to uh recreate it at home so i've been kind of looking at recipes and stuff but that was man it was really good so i just posted a recipe funny enough i just uh, saw that actually as we were talking so <laughs> That's what I'll be yeah. doing this weekend. Yeah, good good elodies will definitely change your life. It's funny. I remember when I was out in Utah for a Traeger event and uh, I was with Benny, I think, when Benny had elodies for like one of the first time, you know, yeah. out, and I was like, what is this? It's so good. And like, you know, definitely it changes your life. Like you just cannot <laughs> get enough of it. You just it's need so more good. of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, what about you? I mean, best bite, best place. Um, I mean, you know, Colorado definitely has, you know, some good barbecue. You know, it's funny. People think of like Colorado would have tons of amazing barbecue options. We have some good barbecue here, but I still really love Texas barbecue. I really love, um, you know, been to Austin twice, you know, I've had been, you know, had Franklin, I've had law barbecue, um, been to Louis Mueller's, which if you want beef ribs, um, that beef rib will change your life. I mean, that is the best beef rib and probably some of the best barbecue you'll ever eat. You know, I mean, when you think of barbecue restaurants, that's that you walk in, you know, it's an old establishment. The place smells like barbecue. Like it's not coming off of the walls, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> um, you know, you get a giant beef rib there. It's really good. But I think, you know, one of my, my two favorite places in Texas are snows just because yeah. I think of snows as your like quintessential, like barbecue place, you know, you're, driving out to the middle of nowhere um you know nothing's really in the town except snows and a gas station you know and some other ranchers and stuff um you just kind of get the whole experience you know you're eating outside you know and it's they yeah they do the traditional barbecue but um their pork steak will change your life it's just so good Mm -hmm. and then i really like um valentina's just because i think with barbecue in general you know with brisket it's getting you know, it's so hard to know which one's the best one, you know, you can go to Franklin and it's amazing, no doubt. But, you know, if 
you can, it's getting to the point where it's like, oh, well, so-and-so was running the smoker that day and they ran it a little hot. So the brisket wasn't as good as law barbecue this day because so-and-so, you know, was running yeah. the smoker. So yeah. I think, you know, it's, you know, what are people doing differently to elevate barbecue? And I just think those tacos at Valentina's are just life-changing. They're just so good and just so different, you know, just putting different flavors with it um, adds that dimension that other places are not doing and just kind of bumps it over. Awesome. Mm. Yeah, Valentina's what isn't one that's on my radar. So next time I'm there, I'll I'll have to check it out. Yeah, Valentina's is really good. And I mean, there's a lot of new ones that I haven't um that I haven't gone to that I've heard of. You know, there's like Interstellar, there's um Burnt Bean, I've heard is really good. You know, just kind of doing mm-hmm. some of that different stuff, you know, just taking, you know, the traditional but putting a new spin on it. And I think that's kind of what's really standing out now and really being different because the brisket's getting so hard to tell, you know, which is the best. Yeah. Mike and I uh, have often talked about like just doing a road trip and spending a couple of weeks on the road doing nothing but eating barbecue. Yeah, that's that's the best way to do it. (laughs) I don't know that our doctors would recommend that, but. Well, I just don't go to my doctor very often. I like the way you think. So, I like <laughs> <it>. <laughs> nice. Um, I guess the last question here, just on the sheet, uh, you know, we're coming up on the Fourth of July. Any big plans? Any anything you you're just excited to be cooking for the Fourth? Um, I think I'm going to do beef ribs. I think I I have a rack of beef ribs, and I think I'm going to gonna couldn't cook those i love beef ribs you know and definitely talking about them today has got me kind of inspired so i think i need to get those on the smoker do it Mm. (laughs) nothing nothing (laughs) goes wrong with beef ribs no so Mm. well awesome well if nothing else i'm hungry now so yeah uh, i'm starving (laughs) yeah adam thanks uh thanks again for taking some time out of your saturday uh Say thanks to your wife as well. We uh, we we know the burden that coming on <laughs> podcasts early Saturday morning uh puts on the family. So, yep. um, appreciate that time. Appreciate the all you do for the community and you know the conversations we've had. Look forward to having more of them with you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's always a lot of fun to talk barbecue, and I appreciate what you guys are doing. Very cool. Well, until next time, I'm John. I'm Mike here with Adam on Fat Guys with Smokers. Thanks for listening to the Fat Guys with Smokers podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe so you don't forget to tune in for even more nonsense from a couple of Fat Guys with Smokers. Don't forget to like, subscribe.